back to the That's Dicey podcast. I'm Stephanie. I'm Andrew. And last time you heard from us, we were DMing. Uh, round Robin style. Ha <laughs> it was me. I was <laughs> running the game. In the last few episodes, we took turns DMing the same one shot to see where we all went with it, what it looks like with a first-time DMer versus a well-seasoned veteran. So essentially, we each started with the same skeleton of a game. Essentially, a goblin war boss has escaped. We need him back, and we need him back alive. And that was basically the end of the plot. After that, we had the same character stats and what they could do, but mostly it was, this is the goal, and... The rest is pretty much free reign. Yeah. You could even have a hot dog cart in your game if you want. You could even have a hot dog cart in your game if you wanted. I went the traditional route of, you know, your players are in a bar. Did I do that? I feel like I did that. I at least thought about it. You let us decide where we were. Oh. Um, I definitely thought about having you at uh, a bar. (laughs) I was in the sun, you know, basking in the sun in a clearing in the forest. Zeb was in the tree building a nest it honestly worked out well i gave you where are you and you both picked relatively the same kind of place made it easy i didn't have to find a way for you two to get to each other banana phone whereas in your game andrew we started on a train (laughs) andrew where can they find our patreon in hell it's definitely patreon.com slash that's dicey pod nice also you can get Shout it out in the show. We've already done one of those. Join our growing fan base of one patron so far. Also, follow me on Twitter. I post stuff there. What's your Twitter? At SouzaDM. How do you spell that? S-O-U-Z-A-D-M. Now that we've got all the plugs out of the way, back to the review. For my iteration of running the game, I really wanted to take the framework and bend it as much as I could and just like tinker with it and mess with this and move them in weird directions because I thought as different and odd as possible so that we could get a larger like idea of what you could do with something like that. Which I really appreciated because I saw these bare bones outline and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how far I could push the limit. So I really stuck with it. This is what happened. You guys are together. Um, you hear something happen in the town. You go in. You talk to people. You find the hideout. You capture the guy. You live happily ever after. Whereas on Andrews, we're on a train. There's an explosion. All of a sudden, I'm being arrested. And if you haven't, uh, you know, listened to that episode first, you need to go do that before here. Because yeah. spoilers are abound. But... His goblin war boss had magic, and I didn't have that in the outline. I didn't know that was an option to give the goblin war boss magic. I thought, oh man, he's he's in jail. Maybe he's like ran into somebody, and that's how he gets like this cool idea to escape. And like you know, he's being transferred somewhere else, and he's like, this is my opportunity to get out of here. And like you know, blast a hole through the thing and and run around causing mayhem in the city. And I really appreciated how all the creative liberties you took with it because this was my third time playing the game. Zeb DM'd it, I DM'd it, and then Andrew DM'd it. And so I knew what was happening. I knew what was going to happen, but there were still so many unexpected twists and turns. It was 
I'm sorry, he has a magic book now? There's smoke and goo and zombies? Yeah. I don't have the stats for zombies, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Being fair, I used the exact same stats for everything. The only thing that I changed was instead of having the lieutenant of the goblin boss have like abilities that they would use their abilities all focused on manipulating the like smaller goblin because i was like then i can take away like a bunch of extra damage that's coming from the lieutenant and siphon it into like making larger swaths of like smaller goblins and there wasn't a lot of fighting unfortunately but i i had it set up to where you know you could fight like a hundred goblins if you wanted to and you wouldn't necessarily die if unless like you know bad circumstances happen (laughs) i really enjoyed a lot of the like character takes for the game that i ran they were interesting and different um i went into your game not having a plan for my character i made one up literally as i as i was sitting down i Use the random character generator on D&D Beyond. I got Bard Sorcerer. Either a yeah. Bard Sorcerer or a Bard Wizard, but I think it was a Sorcerer. Yeah. And um, yeah. I went with super bro beach dude vibes for them. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a plan for it, but it was fun. And I really appreciated all the banter with the villain. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm trying to kill you, but we're also, like, talking about cool magic and how we might have checked out the same book from the library to learn this magic (laughs) yeah i thought that that was a thing that could bring more fun to the whole fighting in a warehouse boss fight thing and i think it's something that i don't do often enough like you think in logic terms you're fighting a person most of the time you're saying things and you're, you know, making sounds and doing things. It's not really like a quiet, like, fencing contest. Like, you know, you don't just hear the whip of the... The foil. It, it's not just that noise. It's not just ting, <laughs> and ting, the, ting, And the tinging. People express things. It definitely made it more <clears throat> immersive as you were describing the things. And the more your characters talked, the more I could visualize them. I really saw what was happening in the battles and it really brought them to life it wasn't just this this is the boss catch them andrew what did you like in my dming experience i brought how how would i do as the well-seasoned veteran you are as we previously discussed he's covered in garlic powder i think the idea of going through the through the motions in a way that was like didn't really need the characters was a cool concept because it was like yeah we talked to the police officer and they're like yeah we're trying to figure this out what do you want <laughs> they're like uh i want to know what's going on like tell me how to get there and you know stop the thing and i just thought it was it was cool how they had that like passive like yeah we, we don't really need you if you don't want to be here you can go home I, and then i think the same thing with the goblins and the, like it felt like the world was moving you know independently of us i guess is what was cool it was like this weird like oh everything's gonna happen no matter what like whether we interact with it or not and so i thought that that was cool because it's rare for that to happen most of the time it's like oh the players show up now things can happen i thought that that was fun the fighting was cool there wasn't a lot of it 
pretty much was like, oh, there's people in front of me. I, I surrender. <laughs> it's like, I lied. I didn't surrender. Now look at this like shadow blade thing. <laughs> I also like that they responded to things that like weren't necessarily triggers for a response, like drawing the sword and then being afraid of it. Oh, that's creepy. Like that man has a creepy sword over there. <laughs> that man did have a creepy sword over there. They're tiny little goblins. Yeah. They have what? Ten, ten hit points? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, that's cool. Cause normally there's like like the system overrides your like freedom to do random things like that sometimes. Where you're like, well, you didn't roll intimidation, so they're not scared of you. And whereas this was like, yeah, that's scary. I'm scared. I, you don't have to intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually <clears throat> objectively scary. There were definitely times I, I felt like I was slipping or things were getting a little more derailed. And I remember throwing you a few panicked looks. But overall, as my first time DMing, as that experience for the first time, I'm pretty proud of how it went. I think I did things. I think I did stuff. I'm just now reading the uh, description of all the bad guys at the bottom. I didn't. I didn't follow that. Goblin war boss. Big goblin, broken glasses, with armor made of spoons and forks. No, I definitely described that goblin boss as a little kind, tiny guy with a red mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like the idea of... Like, the big bad not being so big and bad. Yeah, yeah. And I like that idea as a villain. Yes, that's one creative liberty I took. Yeah, that was cool. One of one of the goblins in the in the adventure write-up is, like, dressed up like a butler. <laughs> I forget how I got these descriptions. I was going over it with just rapidly spit-firing ideas. I was just like, what if it's like this or this? Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> What is this? Yeah. Armor made of spoons and forks was, was solid. I also like the strange metaphor of having the goblins be, like, changeable. Like, based on what the goblin boss was doing, he could, you know, alter the group. Oh, they're zombies. Oh, no, they're regular goblins. Oh, they're a wall of fire. Like, they could just be whatever. And by flipping through his book, he could find anything. What things, I guess, did you learn that you will probably use if you DM again? I think I didn't realize how, this is going to sound bad, but like how little you go off of for a game. Knowing that going into the next one, I can plan to be a little more creative and also seeing what we started with and how far you were able to take it. I'm really excited to try that on my own and really throw some weird stuff in there because you can as long as you know. You know, you're still trying to catch this goblin boss. You're not introducing too much new stuff. How to work with the skeleton outline. And I was concerned I was going to be very restricted to a story. Mm. And, like, have nearly a script. And that's, I think, what was making me nervous about DMing. Is if I have this very clear thing, and this is exactly what should happen at X, Y, and Z. What if my characters choose to do this? And how do I improvise to get them back to this script? It was more improvisation than script and with that the game became much more flexible and I was able to kind of go wherever you guys wanted. I think of DMing as like here's the direction we have to go and like that's what we're aiming to do and pretty much it but then there's so much room for like tangent or like random things that can happen that like freeing up this space in the middle is usually the best way to go 
in my opinion, because it's like, here's all this empty space. You can do whatever the hell you want to do with it as long as we end up, you know, over here. Uh, which is not also always the case. I've definitely ran games where we didn't go anywhere near the direction I wanted to go. I think I'd be definitely down to DM another one shot. I think the idea of a campaign is still very intimidating at this point and like a whole story that fits together yeah. and like, you know, game after game, something all still ties together. It was very easy to be like, you're here. This thing is happening. It's done. Good job. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about like all the collateral damage you did on the side coming back to haunt you, you know, three episodes later. Oh, but that's the fun part. Hey, think... you remember when you blew up that hot dog cart? Oh, man. The sausage guy is here for you. My sausages! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we have that in the campaign? You <laughs> just fight the sausage guy? Every, no, every every time we play, uh, the hot dog cart gets destroyed. Oh, man. That's it. It's in it. It's in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the rights to that? We have the rights to hot dog cart destruction. Is it... <laughs> That's the new name of our podcast. <laughs> Hot Dog Cart Destruction. All right. If you're a person who wants to DM the game, go to WikiHow to find out. Where was how, this advice when I was DMing? How to be a dungeon master. Things you should know. Learn about the DM's job. Study the rules of the RPG you'll be playing. Make sure you have all the necessary tools. Focus on entertaining players. Choose between pre-written modules or creating your own adventures and take notes during each session. Understand that mistakes happen and adventures rarely go as planned, but it's all part of the fun. Understanding what a DM does. You are not a player character. I repeat, you are not a player character. <laughs> All right. Know the rules. This this is not that true, honestly. You know, you know, you need to know how to respond to things and how to engage with things, but you know, you don't need. Honestly, Zeb knew the, didn't know the rules, and while it was frustrating, it was fun. Just I want to try and do this. Okay, contested D twenty. Yeah, and it was just D twenty versus D twenty. Whoever wins gets what they want to happen. Yeah, and. Beyblade, we we you could <laughs> we could do a whole RPG with Beyblades. All right. It was it was frustrating as like the like textbook rule follower I am to deal with that, but it was also an interesting twist and it was still a playable game. So I appreciated that he went such a different direction, and it didn't matter that I had you know whatever skills I had. I was really good at persuasion or whatever. I lost my d20 roll to Zeb. All right. Doesn't yeah. matter. It wasn't adding in my skill bonus. It was just d20 versus d20. Yeah. Beyblade RPG coming soon. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Uh, the third step that WikiHow gives us is prepare properly. I'm going to also say that this is not true. I mean, some people are going to need preparation. They need time to figure out what you're doing. And, but not everyone. Sometimes you just don't have time for that. And that's okay. You, you know, you can show up to the game with the, I think I want them to fight a squirrel that's obsessed with acorns. That's what they're doing that game. And you can run that game. It says bring the proper materials and tools. That's very true. Playing a game with dice and not having dice is very hard. But if you have access to the internet, there's a bunch of dice rollers on the computers, on the webs. Uh, rule number five, your job is to entertain. All right. Plain and simple. Be entertaining. Or else. Or else. Writing your own adventures is a possibility. You can do it. Take notes. 
All right. Jot down everything or remember it. One of the two, because callbacks are really fun, you know. Hey, you know that one guy you pushed over in the alleyway? Yeah, he's back to get you. <laughs> or the uh, timeless classic, the heart, the hot dog cart destroyers. Be willing to make mistakes. I know. I, I feel it. I see it. I understand. Sitting there thinking to yourself, I can never make mistakes. You're wrong. Make <clears throat> rule number eight. Follow the golden rule of DMing. <laughs> This is why I brought you here to WikiHow, by the way. The golden rule of DMing is the player will always do something you never thought of. This is the golden rule. The one rule. Honestly. You say, man, they're going to be on a river and they're going to fight this guy right next to the river. It's going to be awesome. And one of your players is going to ask, is there any boats nearby? You're gonna, why? Why, do, why are they... They're in the middle of, why do they want boats? Is, are there any boats? And you're like, well, I guess. I mean, oh yeah, it's a, it's a river. We're down by the river. There's a boat. I steal the boat. God! <laughs> like that one time you had a train full of encounters planned and we just crawled on the outside of the train all the way down to the end. Oh, that was a wonderful game and I'm sad we didn't record that. <laughs> <laughs> right. the, the, the finale rule. The number nine rule to being a dungeon master. Be involved, creative, and realistic within reason. That's what WikiHow says you should do. Yeah. My n- number one rule for being a dungeon master is figuring out where your players' concepts of fun lie and where their concepts of not very fun lie. And it's meaningful, um, you know, covering safety, going over that things they don't want in the game um although i i apparently am really bad at getting answers about things they do want in the game no one ever says what they want they just want to play the game (laughs) uh just make the game good i want to play it but i need it to be my definition of good yeah only one time ever when i dm'd a campaign did i get clear answers and then a friend of mine decided that they were running the game and so all the answers to what should be in the game that I got were given to them to run the game. <laughs> it was great. There's a boat. There was killing the dragon god. There was there was lots of fun stuff that was cool to mess with that I had no opportunity to tinker with. I think understanding what your players want and don't want is probably the most important thing to having fun. Something I really appreciated <clears throat> when before we started playing together was the um, consent list <laughs> you sent out. It, it just goes through... What are you comfortable with in the game? How comfortable with these things are you? It was like, how spooky can you get? How good with blood are you? How good are you with eyeball stuff? Uh, Claustrophobia, you know, a lot of potential triggers. It was, it felt um, really thoughtful for that to have been something that was included in the game. And we were able to rank like green, feel good about it. Don't mind it. Yellow. Not my favorite, but it's not like I'm, I can do it. And then red, absolutely no go. Don't put this in the game. Won't be able to handle it. And then I was able to go into playthrough and it was, I knew it was going to be a safe experience, you know, for my mental health. Yeah, that's the document that uh, in question is uh, Consent in Gaming from Monty Cook Games. Um, They're great people. Uh, Go support them. We're not sponsored. Stop it. (laughs) But hey. If anyone wants to sponsor us, we're not sponsored. Step Your right ad up. could be here. Well, I think that's a wrap. Um, I think-
think we covered pretty much everything. Thank, thanks for tuning in again to another episode of That's Dicey.